gathered here together this morning to give God some praise. Amen. So if you're able to stand with us this morning, let's stand together because God inhabits the praises and the songs of his people. Song and you come in, make a 
Tracy, what did we come here this morning for? To give God glory, amen. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'll pray whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow. Your presence here in this place, God. We 
love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We came here this morning to give you glory, Lord. Yes. To give you glory. Praise God. No better way to come into the presence of the Lord than to praise the Lord. We need to thank God for the things that he's done and praise him for the battles that he's won. Amen? Praise God. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. I bet you the people at home are saying, "Hallelujah." hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, Lord, we're just so grateful for all the ways you have blessed us. And no wonder David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. He said his praise will be continuously, not once in a while, not only when I, you know, come into a whole lot of money or something, but at all times, his praise will be in my mouth. That's a good model for us to live. And and David gives us, wonderful reasons in his psalms why we should praise God. We're going to go to Psalm 29, which magnifies the Lord in a beautiful way. David says, Ascribe unto Jehovah, O ye sons of the mighty, ascribe unto Jehovah glory and strength. Ascribe unto Jehovah the glory due unto his name. Worship Jehovah in holy array. The voice of Jehovah is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. When you heard that thunder the other night, that was God. Amen. The voice of Jehovah is powerful. The voice of Jehovah is full of majesty. The voice of Jehovah breaketh the cedars. Yea, Jehovah breaketh in pieces the mighty cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a cap. Lebanon and Sirloin like a young wild ox. The voice of Jehovah cleaveth the flames of fire. The voice of Jehovah shaketh the wilderness. Oh, my Lord. Jehovah shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Jehovah maketh the hinds to cap and strippeth the forest bare. And in his temple everything saith. Glory. Can we say that collectively? Glory. Glory unto our God. Let us go before him in prayer right now, brothers and sisters. Let's glorify the Lord in prayer. And I just want to say, if you're at home or even here, if you'd like to, feel free to kneel at your seats at the altar while we pray to show honor to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, first of all, we just got to say thank you for allowing us to see yet another day. Lord, when we closed our eyes last night, this day was not guaranteed. But Lord, we will do as you say, knowing that we will just give you honor and thanks for this day. We'll be glad in it. We will rejoice in it. For it is the day that the Lord has made and blessed us with. Dear God, we ask that you just continue to watch over us. Keep us safe, O Lord, from all hurt, all harm all danger. Lord, we don't trust in anything but you, dear God. We lift up our eyes into the hills today from which cometh our help, because our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and who made earth. You are the great God. You are the mighty God, creator of the universe. You hold the span of it in the palm of your hands. And Lord, where else will we go to? As Peter said, you alone hold the words of life. So we come to you, dear God. We ask that you bless us, that you restore us wherever we need restoration, that you heal our bodies, dear God, heal our emotions, 
heal our, 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 our sensibilities, dear God. For they are being confronted daily by a very harsh and violent world. And Lord, we know that as long as you're with us, that we are more, I said we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves us, who blesses us, who anoints us daily with his precious mercy, grace, and Lord, we just ask that you will continue to do so forever and ever. Lord, I'm sorry I forgot to tell you, we love you. <laughs> if there's a people anywhere that adore you and love you of all their hearts, it's we who are blood-bought, blood-washed by the blood of the Lamb. We owe you everything, dear God. We owe you our lives. You took, a, you took us out of the darkness and into your mighty light. And Lord, we can never thank you enough with a thousand tongues for where you have brought us from and where you're taking us to. Lord, we just ask that you will continue to watch over all of our church members. Lord, watch over all of Christianity as a whole. Those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father God, we ask that you touch them. Send the Holy Spirit to woo them to you, dear God, so that they will not have to go to a Christless grave. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you just bless our pastor, the man who have put this mighty mantle upon to lead this church into the next generation. And it's at a very hard time. But Lord, he is more than up to the challenge. And bless his precious wife, Carolyn, who's right there by his side and always has a smile on her face to encourage everybody else. Bless them richly and mightily. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus just to keep on, Lord, leading us and guiding us by your precious word. If we do that, we know everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. That's not biblical language, but I just kind of like that. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Ginger, and here's this week's news. Every Wednesday at 11 a.m. is our weekly Hope Lunch. Each week, we take time to worship, hear Bible teaching, and share lunch together. At the end of the lunch, we give away bags of groceries. This ministry is looking for a few volunteers to help with setup and serving our friends from the community. To get involved with Hope Lunch, please contact Lynn Poindexter at the church office. Finding ways to stay connected is a challenge in our world right now. With that in mind, we are beginning a brand new Zoom meeting called Beyond. At 11 a.m. on Sundays, Pastor Roger and Chrissy Carroll will be hosting this new meeting. If you are new to CTC, you can meet Pastor Roger and others. You can ask questions and talk about the message and spend time praying together. This Zoom meeting will replace the 11 a.m. service at the Bear Campus. The 11 a.m. service at our Ellesmere Campus will continue as usual. You will find the link to the Zoom meeting posted on our website as well as our Facebook page. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also send an email to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week.
Good morning. Great to see all of you here this morning. Glad that you're joining us online and uh, that you're that you're with us today. Uh, Christ the Cornerstone, where we focus our ministry on doing several things together to follow uh, Jesus Christ as we encourage each other. We love God. We gather together in small groups. We serve others in the name of Jesus Christ, and we tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. And we hold one another accountable to doing those things as we follow together. Uh, loving Jesus. I want to, again, make a, a reminder about the new Zoom meeting called Beyond, which follows this service. Uh, you can go home, or if you're already at home, you can join me online. Let's look at it this way. It's kind of a, uh, we, we call the, uh, in our building, we have the area outside the celebration room. We call it the mall, and it's a place of fellowship, but we're moving that online. And uh, so I hope that you'll join us online for Beyond, where we can meet one another, talk together, Uh, Listen to the sermon and ask some questions, and certainly we'll have some time praying together. It's kind of a fellowship time uh, on Zoom as we're trying to uh, gather together. I want to give a thanks to any of the families and a a thanks to God and a praise for our uh, Vacation Bible School program, our Backyard VBS program that we had running uh, that finished this week. I think most of the groups have finished, but over 50, 60 children and, and families had gathered together throughout the summer in backyards, learning about Jesus, loving God, doing crafts, and having a good time. So I just want to uh, give thanks to God for the ministry that we've been able to have throughout the summer and this time. It's a great thing. Yes. And one of the things, another thing we do to stay connected is make sure that we share our prayer requests with one another. So if you're here, you've, we've got the envelopes, the offering envelopes that have a space for prayer requests and concerns. If you're online, please go to our website, CTC. TE.net and fill out the connect card. Look for that connect card. Put your name in there and down at the bottom there's a place for you to uh, put, put your prayer concerns and we pray for you every week. Uh, there are numbers of us praying, praying for you each week, looking for God's power and love to become evident in your life. Uh, giving, you can give online as, a, as an act of our worship, saying to God, I trust in you, God, and, and I'm, I'm giving to you. Because you say give and give generously and it's important. It's an act of faith in order and an act of worship for us to give generously. I got a warm up question before we get to the message today. And the warm up question is, what scares you? So while we're while we're writing down our prayer requests and 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 giving our offerings, if you're in the room, I invite you to stand as you're able. The team will lead us in a song while you're thinking about what's scary. Let's sing this song of praise. Open. 
Let us pray. Father God, thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for life. Thank you for the air you put in our lungs. Lord, it's time now. We've had a busy week. We've all done our chores and our jobs and cutting grass and everything else we have to do in a week. And it's time to sit quietly like Mary did at Jesus' feet and listen to his parables, his stories. Lord, what is it you want to tell us? Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. We just want to consume everything that you want us to know and do. Lord, you bless us with so much talents. We just want to give it back. But it's time now to hear what Pastor Roger has to say from you. Lord, bless Pastor Roger and all the words he says. Lord, bless his family. Keep him safe. Keep this church safe, Lord from diseases, from false accusations, from harm. Lord, we need you. We need you. We love you. We come to you in Jesus' holy name, thanking for everything. Again, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Fear is an emotion that grips us and keeps us from climbing higher to where God wants to take us. It keeps us bound. It keeps us from stepping out in faith. It keeps us from truly having hope. It's time we break the bonds of fear. It's time to become fearless. Good morning again. Great to, great to see you also again this morning. Um, let's turn, go ahead and turn right to our scripture this morning. We're going to read out of the book of Exodus chapter 9. So if you uh, have a Bible with you, you've got your Bible app, flip open to that. And uh, Exodus uh, chapter 9, uh, this is right in the middle of God giving the ten plagues to Egypt. He's, he's deli- in the process of bringing the people of Israel, God's people, out of slavery in Egypt. And as we as we enter this new uh, series called Fearless, as we hear this scripture, let's listen for things relating to fear. Who is feeling fear? What are they afraid of? How are they dealing with the fear and what's going on in this passage? So uh, Exodus chapter nine, starting with verse twenty three. 
Nope, I'm going to back up and start with verse 13 and just read the whole section. This is the plague of the hail. Verse 13 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Who's Pharaoh? He's, he's God to the Egyptians. And so get up, Moses. Or God's saying, Moses, get up. You think Moses feels some fear as he's told by God? Has God ever told you to do something that you didn't want to do? Have you ever been in the presence of somebody powerful and felt a little fear uh, because of it? Um, so I think Moses has a little bit fear in him. And tell him. So God's telling Moses what to say. Tell Pharaoh, this is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews says. Let my people go. So that they can worship me. If you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and people. Then you will know that there is no one like me on earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and all your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. But I have spared you for a purpose. That is to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. But you still lord it over my people and you refuse to let them go. We've got a problem here, God is saying. <laughs> you're exerting your will. You're exerting your power over my people. And I don't like that. We have a power play here. So tomorrow at this time, God says, I will send a hailstorm even more devastating than any in all the history of Egypt. Quick, order your livestock and servants to come in from the fields to find shelter. Any person or animal left outside will die when the hail falls. Some of the Pharaoh's officials were afraid because of what the Lord had said. And they quickly brought their servants and livestock in from the fields. So their fear brought safety and life to their crops, to their animals and people. But those who paid no attention to the word of the Lord left theirs out in the open. Then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hands toward the sky so hail may fall on the people, the livestock and all the plants throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky and the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed toward the earth. The Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been a storm like that. With such devastating hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. The hail struck down everything in the open field. People, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail was the region of Goshen where the people of Israel lived. Can you imagine anything like that? Can you... Can you can you, have you experienced any kind of devastation similar to what is being described in the Bible? I think, I hope all of us have seen such pictures. 
I was reminded as I was reading this last night at, at the devastating impact of this kind of a storm and how immediate it is to the life of the people. We in America, we have stores of food. I mean, we have, we have warehouses filled with food. And even though at the beginning of this pandemic, people were, were hoarding things from grocery stores and for a short time, we experienced shortages of bread and milk and meat. And we had to ration those things in order that everybody would have what they needed. And there was, and that was just a short period of um, interruption. That's not the right word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, I can't think of the right word. What'd you say? Inconvenience. inconvenience. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. <laughs> a short time of inconvenience. But Ed Ed Baker was here last night. He's he's one of our farmers, and and I grew up on the farm and. We've seen this kind of devastation, and when a farmer's crops are destroyed like this, there is no other warehouse that the farmer goes to to harvest a new crop for that season. It's gone. His his salary for that year is wiped out in an instant. Who of us can endure that kind of thing? Your entire salary is gone for a year in one storm. That's, that's devastating. And that's what's happening in this for an entire society. Well, the response in verse 27, then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. And he confesses, this time I have sinned. The Lord is the righteous one and my people are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. Get out of my sight. Moses says, all right. As soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. The thunder and hail will stop and you will know that the earth belongs to the Lord. Remember, the purpose in this is that Pharaoh recognizes that God is God and Pharaoh is not. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. So even though Pharaoh is repenting, he's confessing, God knows that in his heart he still does not fear the Lord. And we need to hear that lesson and say, okay, we can do what God says, but just doing what God says doesn't mean that we fear the Lord. God wants us to fear him in our heart, in our lives, in everything that we do. He knows that your officials still do not fear the Lord God. As we get into this new series called Fearless, today I want us to think about this idea of fearing God. I want to encourage the children to think about this question. I asked you the question a few minutes ago. What scares you? And what was the first thing that came to your mind? If you're online, go ahead and post or, or, or write the, uh, send it in, text it to me, whatever. What scares you? But we've got some people in the room here, so shout out something that scares you. Dave is smiling at something, waiting for his wife to shout out what scares him, and he doesn't want her to tell, and because uh, it apparently is embarrassing. What scares you? Snakes. Spiders, 
Thanks, Catherine. Taxes scared you. <laughs> so Daniel and Chrissy, because uh, and we got David over here. Uh, you don't have any paper. You guys got paper. Share a piece of paper with David and Nathan. And I want I want I want the parents to draw a picture of something that scares you. And then the kids throughout the rest of the service, you guys can color the picture that your parents draw. Something that scares your parents. And then as you're going home on the way, and you can do this at home if you've got children in the room and you're watching, parents draw a picture of something that scares you. And children, you can uh, can color it. And then after the service this morning, you can uh, uh, talk about fear and how God helps us with our fear. And then maybe during the beyond thing after after the church service, uh, we, you can show me those pictures through the Zoom meeting and or you can send them, take a picture of it and send it to me. I'd love to see what scares you and the conversations that you're having uh, about trusting in God while we're even scared. I have to confess that sometimes I find great enjoyment in scaring others. I grew up in a family that that uh, unfortunately had a lot of negative humor in it, where it's fun to do, but it's almost always at the expense of someone else. And scaring people is one of those things. But here on the staff, there's one person on staff who is particularly easy to scare, and that is Lynn Poindexter. And, uh, and, and she, we, know, we all know that she hates, hates snakes. But Lynn, Lynn's desk in the office is in a corner, uh, and she shares it with four other staff. And, and so Lynn can be sitting at her desk facing the wall. And if i got a question for Lynn, I've learned how to walk very quietly into the office and sit, next, sit down in the seat next to Lynn without her even knowing that I've walked in behind her and sat down. And I will just sit there until she turns around and notices that there's somebody sitting beside her. And she goes, ah! And it, I'm sorry that it is so enjoyable to me. Well, kind of like Pharaoh is sorry that he did this thing, I'm kind of sorry that I enjoy that I enjoy it. And Lynn has to do something to me so that it's not so pleasurable for me to scare her. And she'll, she'll get it someday. We, we, we make fun of things that are scary sometimes, but fear is a real thing and it's a powerful force in our lives. My, my grandmother was a fan of the American poet James Whitcomb Riley, and uh, she taught my mother how to recite several of his poems. And there's this poem that, that, was, that he wrote in 1885, and he's from the, the middle of Indiana. And so the language in this poem is, is old language for us. We don't talk that way, and it's kind of in the dialect of Midwestern 1880s dialect. There's some words that you're going to hear in this. I just want to explain what those words are. It says the rafter room. The rafter room is the attic upstairs in the great big house. There's a thing that's called a press, and by a press they mean a wardrobe. It's a, it's a closet, but they didn't build closets in their homes in those days. They had big boxes that they had doors on, and they had a place for you to hang or to shelves to store your clothes, and they, they called that a press back then. And then there's a, a phrase called a roundabout, and by that he means a shirt for a boy. It, it's, it's a piece of cloth that goes round about you. <laughs> and so that's, those are some words in this. But this is, the title of this poem is Little Orphan Annie. And we know, we mostly know the musical Annie. 
and it probably there's, there's a connection between these two things. But back in the 1930s and 40s, there was a comic strip in the newspaper that was also called Little Orphan Tanny. And it was a very popular comic strip. And that comic strip comes out of also the tales around this character called Little Orphan Tanny. So here's the poem that my mother would recite to me at bedtime. And I think her purpose was to scare me. So here's the poem, Little Orphaned Annie. Little Orphaned Annie's come to our house to stay and wash the cups and saucers up and brush the crumbs away and shoo the kitchens off the porch and dust the hearth and sweep and make the fire and bake the bread and earn her board and keep. And all us other children, when the supper things was done, we sat around the kitchen fire and had the mostest fun. We were listening to the witch tales that Annie tells about, and the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. Once there was a little boy who wouldn't say his prayers, so he went to bed at night away upstairs, and his mammy heard him holler, and his daddy heard him bawl. When they turned the kivers down, he wasn't there at all. And they seeked him in the rafter room and cubbyhole and pressed, and they seeked him up the chimney flue and everywheres, I guess, but all they ever found was this, his pants and roundabout, and the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. And one time a little girl at us all, all us, ah, and one time a little girl at us, all us a laugh and grin. That's a hard line to say. <laughs> she made us all laugh and grin. And make fun of everyone and all her blood and kin. And once there was a company and old folks was there. And she mocked him, and she shocked him, and she said she didn't care. And this, as she kicked her heels to turn and run and hide, there was two great big black things a-standing by her side. And they snatched her through the ceiling, for she knew what she, knowed what she's about. And the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. And little orphaned Annie says when the blaze is blue and the lamp wick sputters and the wind goes woo, and you hear the crickets quit and, and the moon is gray, and the lightning bugs and dew is all squenched away. You better mind your parents, your teachers fond and dear, and cherish thems that love you, and dry the orphan's tear, and hep the poor and needy ones at clusters all about, or the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. Go to bed, Roger. Good night. And it worked. It made me sit in my bed. I wasn't even going to roll over and look over the edge of my bed for fear of those goblins that were going to get me on the way out. Fear is a real thing in our lives. And we use it. And it's part of life. One of the catchphrases we've heard this year particularly is facts over fear. Fear is a powerful emotion that impacts our decisions and our work and our relationships. This series called called Fearless challenges us to use our faith to confront the many life experiences that cause fear. And the Bible seems to give us two different messages about fear. The one message goes like this, and we, can, we see an example in Judges chapter 6, verse 23. It says, But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So there's, there are many places in Scripture where it says, Do not fear. 
Now, I don't know if, if you, like me, have been in any situation where somebody has said, don't be afraid, and you say, yeah, right. I've been in many situations like that. It doesn't always work to just say to myself, do not fear. Fear is real. Fear is always there. But then again, one message we get from Scripture is this command, do not fear. So while we hear that command, do not fear, very clearly, we also read verses on the other side like this. From Psalm 24, verse 21 says, My dear child, fear the Lord. So here is a command. On one hand, the Bible is saying, don't fear. On the other hand, the Bible is saying, fear Fear the Lord, the King, and do not and do not disobey either one of them. What are we to make of these mixed messages? Do we fear or do we not fear? We need to carefully hear and understand these seemingly opposite instructions. The word fear, even in our modern language, has these dual meanings. One is helpful. One is beneficial. One instructs us. The other is harmful and brings destruction to our lives. So let's start talking about the beneficial kind of fear. And here's another example of the beneficial fear. It comes from the book of Job, chapter 37, 21 through 24. And this is what the writer says in Job. He says, We cannot look at the sun, for it shines brightly in the sky. And when the wind clears away the clouds, so also golden splendor comes from the mountain of God. He is clothed in dazzling splendor. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty. But even though He is just and righteous, He does not destroy us. No wonder people everywhere fear Him. All who are wise show him reverence. This positive kind of fear, this fear that we need, need, this is the command that the Bible tells us to fear the Lord, is awe, is reverence. It's the kind of fear that you might have if I asked you to stand on this stage and give a message. You might recognize the awesome power that God has placed for the one who stands here. And I'm not bragging on that. I'm I'm fearful every week (laughs) of what I have to do to stand here to bring to you the Word of God. I am fearful of God who's giving me the role to, to stand before you who expect to hear the Word of God from me. I'm afraid of your expectations. And it causes me to turn to God and say, Lord, help me. I know very well the power of this platform, the power of my words to bring good news to you, but also to bring bad news, to bring confusion. And I've done both of those things throughout the years being a preacher. I don't like it when I realize that the words that I have spoken from here have, have wreaked havoc on some people's lives. And in response to that, they come crying to me. <laughs> they come lashing at me. They're angry at what I've said. And sometimes I'm wrong in what I say here. And I have to hear that and I have to recognize that. 
But it also, so, so I come here with fear every week. And that fear turns me to cling to God even more. That's the biblical understanding of to fear the Lord. That it doesn't cause us to run away from God. Because God is powerful and mighty and loving and good and joyful and kind. And yet God calls us to be holy as He is holy. And that phrase right there ought to bring fear to all of us. Because we know that when we come into the presence of God, when we stand face to face with God, we are not holy. We have blemishes. And we know that God has the power to give life and God has the power to take life. And as Pastor Vaughn prayed earlier in the service this morning, we don't want to get to heaven. I don't know, how did you put it? An empty grave? You, you prayed. Do you remember what? what? We don't want anyone to go to a Christless grave. You don't need to be a fear. You don't need to be a fear. There, I'm going back to the 1800s language. I had a crossword puzzle this week. The, the, I was doing a crossword puzzle, and the clue was uh, Huck Finn afraid, or something like that. And the, the, the I couldn't get the answer. I, I, I was I, I was putting in scare, a feared <laughs> was the right answer. We don't need to be a feared. Of God, we don't need to be afraid of death. We don't need to be scared of what's over there. What we need to be is fearful of God in an awesome way and recognize that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we don't need to fear God. We need to let our fear of death, our fear of a Christless grave, Turn us towards God's love. Anything large enough or powerful enough or magnificent enough to cause us as human beings to seem insignificant or tiny or powerless in comparison to that which is magnificent causes us fear. When we recognize that we are powerless against life, we get fear. When we, get, when we recognize we don't have enough money to do what we think we, have, what we want to do, we become fearful. Many of us, when we take, we, we, we take that mortgage, we sign those mortgage notes, we feel the fear. I remember, especially just a couple of years ago, when we bought our first house moving here, and I say this often because it really did surprise me how many times the lawyer at the closing said, now you have to pay back this money. I thought, well, of course I have to pay back this money. And you have to pay back this money. He wanted to put the fear of the loan in me. That was his intention. Because I was making a promise. And he was making sure that I understood that this promise had to be made good. That's what a loan is. It's a promissory note. And it's large. And anything large enough or powerful enough, magnificent enough to cause, us, to cause us to seem insignificant. How many monthly payments do I have to make? <laughs> I don't want to tell you how many monthly payments I signed up for. And we don't talk about those kinds of things. Because <laughs> we're afraid. Because we're comparing ourselves to one another. Whatever. 
Don't compare yourself to others because it causes fear to come into our lives. Run away from it. Many times it is the benevolent fear which we call awe or respect. This is the biblical kind of fear. Psalm 8, 1 through 4 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majest- your majestic name fills the earth. The Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now you hear the word Jesus probably a thousand times a day depending on where you work. <laughs> but when you hear the name of Jesus, are you speaking the name of the Lord? Or are you cursing something? Or are you using His name in vain? You stub your toe and you say, Jesus, are you really meaning it? Next time you stub your toe and you slip out the name Jesus, I hope the Holy Spirit puts the fear of God in you and causes you to question, did I just call out the name of Jesus? Do I really want Jesus to be with me right now? O Lord, our Lord, Your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of Your strength, silencing Your enemies. When I look at the night sky and see the work of Your fingers, the moon and the stars that You set in place, what are mere mortals that You should even think of them? Human beings that You should care for them. I've been battling the ants in our kitchen. And, and, and I'm sorry to say that we got a little lax with cleaning things in the kitchen. <laughs> so we've had to correct some of our behaviors. And I sprayed. And we cleaned. And we rinse. And we put things right in the dishwasher. And we run it. So we've been doing that regularly. The ants have gone away. We got a little lazy this week. Things were busy this particular day because life happens, right? And you leave the dishes sitting on the counter. The next morning, I said, well, we'll get them in the morning. We get them in the morning and here are these tiny little ants again crawling all over the counter. And I'm going like this and pushing them into the sink and washing them down the sink. Because these little ants are insignificant little things. (laughs) Just get them out. I don't think much of those ants. And look how small we are compared to how great God is. And yet God thinks about you. God thinks about me. Not only does God think about you and me, God cares about you and me. God loves you and me. Who are mortal beings that you should think about them? human beings, that you should care for them. Pastor Vaughn and Gwen and Maria visited the Grand Canyon back in 2018. They, they, they experienced the awesome creativity of our powerful God through nature. They took pictures to try to capture the moment because they wanted to bring some of that back home and share it with their friends. I want you to experience what we experience that's a good friend. Thank you <laughs> for going someplace. And that's what we do with good things that bring us joy. We want, to, we want others to experience them also. But I'm not insulting them. 
But their pictures failed to recreate the same experience in us that they experienced in present. In their generosity, they wanted to bring back something, a gift. And I love their their hospitality and their generosity that while they're on their vacation, they're still thinking of us. Let's take something back to our friends so that they too can experience the grandeur of God. So Pastor Vaughn, he started picking up rocks from the Grand Canyon or I don't know, from the desert or I don't know from where you got Grand Canyon. He's he's walking around picking up rocks, putting them in his pockets and trying to figure out. He had so many rocks in a little baggie or I don't know how you put them in his suitcase, held them up in the airport because they thought it was explosives. And so they had to search Pastor Vaughn's luggage because they couldn't get on the plane because of the rocks. What are you bringing back, sir? Well, they got back, they, they brought, the, he was able to bring those rocks. They, he, you convinced them that they were rocks. He brought the rocks back, and they bought these little terracotta pots, flower pots, and they made these little arrangements to give to their friends. Here's, here, here's uh, the paraphernalia rock. <laughs> uh, doesn't explode. But it's a cute little thing. They made these arrangements that they gave them to their friends. No insult again to, uh, uh, what's your name, Vaughn and Gwen. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your gift. But this ain't the Grand Canyon. (laughs) It's the thought that counts, right? How much more is God's love and grandeur, His power, His might to work in your life? When you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, our God. The goal is not necessarily to live a life without fear. I don't think that's realistic. We're going to experience fear in our lives. It's part of life. But we have to press on. We have to call on the majesty, on the power, on the glory, on the love of God through our fear. The goal is not necessarily to be fearless. The goal is to use our fear for God's outcomes, for good outcomes. I remember growing up on the farm, we had, on our dairy farm, we had two silos in which we, which we, we, we filled with feed for our cows. One silo was 60 feet tall. The other silo was 80 feet tall. In the wintertime, the silage would get frozen because, obviously, it's freezing in upstate New York. And so the the weather would freeze that silage. And and silage is either chopped up corn, and they chop up the whole whole stalk, the the, the stalk, the ear, uh, and everything in it. And then it gets blown into the top of the silo. And it fills up the silo. So it's like grass clippings. And, and it's wet and it's moist. And so there's a lot of moisture in it. And so when it freezes, it's ice. And there's a machine at the top of that silo that comes down and rests on the level of the silage. And in the wintertime, that silage can freeze. And that means that that silo unloader, is what we called it, couldn't go around and it wouldn't 
pole had an auger on it and it would pull the uh, silage to the center of the thing and there was a fan on it and, and a tube and it blew it out and it went down this chute along the side of the silo and then it dumped into a wagon that we would park down there at the bottom of the silo. And in the wintertime, that would get frozen, the silage, and so it wouldn't have. So what we'd have to do is we'd have to climb the 60 feet up that silo into the silo and take a hammer, sledgehammer or crowbar or something and try to break up the pieces of frozen silage so that it was small enough so that it would go through the silo unloader and come down and then we could feed our cows. And you never knew if you were breaking it up enough or not to get that silo unloader moving again. And so you'd climb 60 feet or 80 feet to the top of this silo. That's a long ways. And if you're afraid of heights, you're scared while you're doing it. But you know the job's got to get done. So I'm going up there, and I'm every, the higher I go, the more my legs shake. And I'm saying, come on, legs, come on, legs. Finally, you get to the top. I take the crow, And while I'm carrying a crowbar or a hammer or something to knock the ice loose. And I go up there, and I knock the ice loose. Here's a tip. Pigeons like to roost at the top of a silo. Don't ever look up when you're in a silo. You can hear the pigeon poo like raindrops dropping all around you. Don't ever look up. (laughs) I made the mistake once. Not fun. So you get up there and you chip away at this. You climb back down. You turn the switch on and the silo unloader is still stuck because you didn't unfreeze it in the right spot. You got to climb back up, chip away some more, climb back down, turn it on, nothing. Climb back up. It's a pain. Several times you've got to face your fear and go up the silo. Life will not be fearless. It's one of those, this is one of those occasions where I, I choose a sermon title or a series title and then I realize, well, that's not really what I want to say. <laughs> We've got to put a split in it so we fear less in life. The goal is not necessarily to be fearless. The goal is to use our fear for God's outcomes, to trust the Lord God through our fear. Listen to Psalm 111 and we're getting close to, uh, to, to getting to communion. And as we celebrate communion, let's think about the fear that Jesus must have felt as he experienced this. But Psalm 111, oops, turn my page too soon, says, Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. We are gathering together as God's people. How amazing are his deeds, are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives us food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good. And all his commandments are trustworthy. If God says to do it, you can trust that it's going to bring good. 
That's difficult for us in this world. Because sometimes what God tells us to do, the world is telling us to do the opposite. But all His commands are trustworthy. They are forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid, He has paid a full ransom for His people. He has guaranteed His covenant with them forever. What a, what a holy, awe-inspiring name He has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. All who obey His commands will grow in wisdom. Praise Him forever. So we come today and we celebrate the sacrament of communion. If you're at home, go grab some bread and some grape juice or some wine and prepare to celebrate this sacrament at home. I invite those of us who fear the Lord to come and worship Him with thanksgiving. Renew your heart. Allow God's cleansing blood to cleanse you from all your sins through your faith in Jesus Christ. Renew your heart and receive life now and everlasting. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, for your love that you give to us. Thank you, Jesus. come to you now and we remember that night when you were betrayed when you took the bread you knew what God was doing you knew what your heavenly father was asking you to do and you gave thanks and you broke the bread you gave it to his disciples and said take, eat this is my body given for supper was over, he took the cup. He gave it to his disciples and he gave thanks to you and he said drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Take this as often as you drink it and remember what I have done for you. So we gather today in your name. We ask you to give us your Holy Spirit here in this house, here in this home, those who are watching. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing our hearts, cleansing our lives, forgiving our sins, drawing us to you. Who are we that you think of us? We come to you with awe and honor, great respect and humility. We bow before you, thanking you for your mercy, kindness, and life. Come to us, Holy Spirit. Renew us today. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together if you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the 
power and the glory forever. Amen. Let me invite you to stand with me if you are able. If you're at home, you may go ahead and serve one another. If you're here and you wish to receive the bread that we have here, I invite you to come forward and do that. But if you prefer to stay where you are, you may open up the packets of bread and juice that are on your table or on your chair. And you can serve yourself, serve those who are at your table. Let's take a moment this morning. The platform area is open for you to come and kneel and pray and have some time with God. If you're at home, please take some time to talk with God. While we remember what Christ has done with us. Not with scariness, <laughs> not being afraid to approach the throne of God, but with respect and all we come before God. Let's come and share in this sacrament that Jesus offers to us.
Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for giving yourself to us. God, we thank you for giving yourself to us. In this way, through this simple sacrament, it seems doable for us, God. (laughs) This doesn't seem too overpowering. Lord, it is a sign of the the entire presence of the one who created this world is right here with us today. And we honor you and we worship you and we thank you. Thank you, loving God. Let us go forth from here, not in fear, but in faith. We may still feel the emotion of fear, God, but we will not let it control us. We will let our faith lead us. We will let your power come into us. We will let your wisdom come into our lives. We will let your strength come into us. We will let your love, which is the source of all life, come into us and guide us and lead us as we live for you. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all other names, the name of power, the name of love, the name of truth, the name of life. Come, Lord Jesus, live in us. As we live for you, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. What a great and glorious day. Go and serve the Lord in everything that you do with his blessing. In Jesus' name.